I think you're going to drive around the neighborhood, just grab random kids and throw them into the. Into the <laughs> right. No, no. <laughs> oh, wait. Well, no, I guess that's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the RC Roundtable. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Fitz Walker. And joining me, of course, is Lee Ray. Hello, guys. And Terry Dunn. Hi, ho and today we have a very special guest. We have Phil Baker and modeler, Mr. Mark Thompson. Hello, Mark. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for having me here. Appreciate oh, it. Fantastic, Mark. We're really excited to have you joining us this time. And uh, we really look forward to uh, talking with you about some of your projects. Uh, but uh, first off, let's do a quick look at some of the news of the week Wait, in the hobby news. Hold What's on that? just to yeah, um, I have to let Mark know that um, one of my childhood friends was named Mark Thompson. And so I've, I'm trying to make this mental leap because we all called him Booger. So, <laughs> so, so if, if I accidentally out? call you Booger during the show, it's... Okay. Don't take right, offense. Yeah. Right. So I, I won't be offended if it slips. Okay. <laughs> Who is this booger you speak of? <laughs> I might have made that up. I'm not sure. <laughs> so like something out of a movie. There's got to be some good stories behind that. <laughs> I propose one day we get uh, Terry drunk and so he can tell us all about booger. You had your chance at the expo. <laughs> Why well, it ain't the only expo. That's true. <laughs> next expo. We'll get him next time. <laughs> well, you know... Um, I had a, uh, in high school, throughout high school, for four years, there was another Mark Thompson. Same age, same height, same weight, uh, both of the darker persuasion, and our middle initials were both Mark A. Thompson. Oh, wow. There are stories I can tell you, and <laughs> I'll just end it like this. One was a ladies' man, the other guy was... Me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, did the conversations end with, I didn't do it, nobody saw me do it, can't prove anything? I could. Hey, <laughs> it was Mark's fault. Mark did it. <laughs> yeah. Mark, <laughs> Fitz, there, yeah. there were some mailings, what we called a Friday report, that made it to my house, that made it home. And, you know, to progress reports, basically. Yeah. And from school? There, yeah, from school. And... You could only tell your father maybe two times that it was the other Mark Thompson before he stops <laughs> believing you. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Can't cry wolf too many times. Yeah. Oh, man. Talk about the luck of the draw, man. That's... Yeah. Oh, well. That's advantage, right. disadvantage of having a goofy name like mine, so nobody else has it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> well, that's a good start. Let's talk about some airplanes for a minute. Uh, just hot off the press, uh, E-Flight dropped on us a P-39. Now, this was uh, quite a surprise. There's not a whole lot of P-39 kits out there. Very few with um, um, Top Flight, I guess, had a kit for a while. And there's a little one from FMS. And I'm drawing a blank other than like a Sure Flight one from many billions of moons ago. 
Uh, so they have a 1.2 meter. That's 1.2 meter. 1.2 meters. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like <laughs> everything is 1.2 meter. <laughs> that's a convenient size. What's your problem? It's just it's the box size. <laughs> yeah, they have all all these 1.25 <laughs> cardboard boxes to fit all this stuff in. In, in the plastic model world, we call that box scale. There you go. Yeah. So, but this is what 47 inches is is in uh, American terms. Uh, it looks really nice. It's got split flash, retractable landing gear, three-bladed prop. Nice thing is uh, you can run three or four S on it from the factory. Yeah, up uh, to 3,000 too. Yeah, 3,000. So that's pretty nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, EPO, of course, has AS3X, Lee. That's okay. <laughs> and safe. Uh, okay. It's <laughs> only if you get the bind and fly. You can get the plug and play. And put that's your right. You get the plug and play. Yeah, and drill and into can... the ground. And you can switch off safe, so. Yeah. EPO. Yeah. I, you know what, Lee? I think you've turned the corner on this. We still like to make fun of you, but you haven't griped about that stuff for a while. I haven't, because yeah. I, I don't have a problem with safe as long as you can turn it off, which you can here. And AS3X is a good stabilization, so I'm okay yeah. with it. Did yeah. you see how the wing plugs in? Yes! Damn you, Fitz! <laughs> <laughs> I want to lead this show someday so I can go through all the cool things. <laughs> Well, you take it there's away, two. Lee. I just wait before that. I want to say this now so I can get it out too. The two things I love about this plane, I love the wing servo connector, and I love, love, love the battery harness that they've added to this plane. Every E-flight plane that they sell from now on needs to have a battery tray, just like this one. There's a battery tray. It? I didn't see that. It is a battery tray. Really? Yes, it is awesome. Oh, and my timber that. should have one. <laughs> my timber X. I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy this. P39 and rip out the little battery tray that they have. You may have to go to the manual, but I downloaded it and it's a neat little battery tray. They're finally coming to, around to it. So, yes, I think our podcast is working. Is there a picture <laughs> on the website or something? No, it's but, in the manual. It's in the manual. Oh, you looked at the manual? I did. Good I man. love that little connector and I love the battery tray. Manual. So just, manual. I remember <laughs> what's those. The, what's what's the, the manual? manual? Yeah. If you guys have time, but yes, if you look at page eight, it is a battery tray. (laughs) Page eight, subparagraph three, subsection nine. Hey, just let you know. Sometimes, hey guys, I do some research occasionally for this show. (laughs) I don't just show up here in my, uh, you know, my pajamas and coffee. Right, but tell me what's so great about it. Lots of airplanes have battery trays. Not ones that come out, that slide out. It's kind of like that Morgan battery tray with my CZ Cub. It actually, you, you strap your battery to the tray and you pull it out. It slides out. Oh, okay. So it makes this, it really easy to slide the battery into the uh, aircraft. The E-Flight Stearman I had was like that. Well, I didn't have the Stearman. Well, look, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I understand what you're talking about now. Well, I just wish the Timber had that. So I know Fitz is going to make fun of me for my Timber X battery concerns, but... I digress. Anyway, so this has a neat battery tray and a really cool little connector. I had never seen that wing connector before. Have you guys? Did you ever? Did you take a look at it? It's like I'm a three-pin connector. Uh, I I did, and I was cautiously apprehensive of it. Huh. it Have seemed... you ever had one of those MPX connectors? Oh, the multiplex the, ones, mm-hmm. the, the green the ones, six-pin one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of the wing just basically plugs into the connector. The connector is on the wing center of the wing and i guess there's a mating connector in the fuselage so there's nothing to connect you just basically the act of bolting the wing on connects the connectors yeah and here's the thing you've got retracts you've got ailerons and you've got flaps yeah so i 
curious if, so, if, if the I like the concept. The concept is really nice. I just, just was curious how well, it, how durable it is for long Ooh. over a long period of time. Apprehensive. Not cautiously apprehensive. But I, I, obviously, I, I suspect that they've, of course, tested this a lot and that kind of stuff. So I'm not trying to disparage it. I just thought that was interesting. But the engineering part of me says, hmm. Make D-mates. Uh. Yeah. Well, I think there's a precedent for this. Glider guys have been doing that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And they have, they have uh, and, and some of my uh, free wing planes have it. The A-10 and, and uh, Avanti have plug-in connectors for the servos like that. They're not yeah. more physical, but uh, yeah. it's not a totally new concept. So it's nice. Okay. Well, I'm just happy it's not a P-51. Yeah, P thirty nine is fantastic model. It's tricycle gear <laughs> for if you want to get like your first warbird. It's not a tail dragger, so it's easy to the to taxi on runway. It's it's an unusual model. It's got a long nose, easy to balance. It's a nice looking plane. Uh, yeah, kudos to them. That's really nice. I, I really considered getting one myself actually. I don't love the color scheme, but it's okay. Yeah, camo seems unusual for P thirty nine, doesn't it? Um. It, probably happened but i if i get one i would be tempted to do a russian scheme on it oh uh, yeah uh mark do you well, like uh, warbirds it, it, it's not the in my opinion it's different it's not the typical white and red you know um yeah, yeah but point. yeah so th- this is going to get the attention on the field if that's what you're after and mm. it, aren't we all <laughs> it, this could be my first Warbird, um, unless you call my T twenty eight a warbird, but oh yeah, yeah, that's a warbird. Yeah, yeah. so maybe this will be my it's... second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, this looks nice. This looks like they did a really nice job. Should be really easy to fly. Like I said, flaps, split flaps on it. Yeah. Good, good size wheels. Um, yeah, I really. Uh... I assume they were using four S in the video, but it was a speedy little guy. Yeah, it's blown pretty good. So, mm-hmm. now, Lee, you were mentioning something beforehand about the full-scale P-39. You mean America's worst World War II fighter? No! Is, is that your opinion, <laughs> or are you quoting some online article? Yeah, something here. I was like, sorry, I'll pull it up real quick. But it is it is currently considered one of the worst World War II uh, fighting I got two words for you. <laughs> Booster but, Buffalo. No, no. Yes. Yeah, now, there's backstories to all this that, <laughs> well, that none of us could understand because we weren't around at the time and mm. we didn't fly them. But I think both of those airplanes had similar histories where they started out as good airplanes. And then once the Army Air Force said, no, you have to add self-sealing fuel tanks and no, you need 200 pounds of armor. And mm. once all those things started happening, good airplanes became... But less good airplane. Also, the main problem with the P-39 is it did not have turbochargers or turbo intercooler. Turbo... Turbocharger? Turbo... Tur- supercharging is the other word I'm thinking of. Yeah. Turbo supercharging. It had no no form of uh, forced air induction. It was all naturally aspirated. So once you got above, I don't know, about 12,000 feet or so or something like that, it was kind of a dog. It was right. naturally aspirated behind the pilot seat. Yes. <laughs> right, with, a sh- with a shaft that ran with the propeller between, between your legs. legs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I encourage anybody who is not familiar with the P-39 to go look at a, uh, well, it's, it's not a, uh, a blueprint. I mean, what do you call it? A, 
where they set, where they have one on display where the engine and the cockpit uh, and the cutaway. Well, it's it's well, it's a cutaway, I guess, but it's the actual just all the pieces out. But it's amazing to see the size of the shells. What what is the millimeter size of that cannon out of the? I nose? think it was thirty seven millimeter. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's big. It's, yeah. Oh my gosh! But it's got this huge compartment right in front of the cockpit of holding the shells that go through the center shaft of the prop. But the drive shaft sits, you know, sits between your legs underneath you because yeah. the engine's behind you, runs underneath, you know, the cannon into a gearbox. Yeah. And then it was. And part of me is like, I wonder if they're going to put the brushless motor behind the seat and just kind of <laughs> have fun with it. You know, it's like, hey, they this is how they should. do it. <laughs> you know, you know, they would get ago, style points for that. Years ago, I saw in a magazine, somebody built a scale P39. It was glow powered. And they put the engine in the back and had piped their own cooling system and radiator to keep it cool, just like the real one. He wanted to wow. simulate the whole mechanism. And it was really neat how he did it. I respect that. But yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's dedication. As, you know, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, um, as as an engineering aspect, the P thirty nine is really an interesting plane, and in how that they the engine is in the back because they needed to put the big big ass gun in the front, and so there was no room for the engine, so they had to really do <laughs> the engineering put this work. Thing? <laughs> it, it's a really interesting engineering project if you look at it and how it's designed. And and note that the Russians really like these, from what I understand, because they were pretty good tank busters. Yep, we gave most of them. To the Russians, same with the P-45s and 63s, which were later derivatives. Yeah, I'm curious. Did they change the timing and reverse the prop too at the same time? <laughs> I'm just curious. <laughs> we can make it better. Let's go clockwise. <laughs> uh, I remember year some years ago I was at Oshkosh, and this is uh, what's his name was there, uh, Bob Hoover, and he apparently flew one a few times, and he was giving a speech just before he died, of course, and he mentioned how having that shaft. Go from the engine between his legs to the prop was gave him uh, a little bit of concern because if something happened to that shaft, uh, he wasn't having any more kids. <laughs> you didn't want to have your shoelace caught in that thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's interesting. The Bell Aircraft plant was in Buffalo. They might have had some other plants, but the main plant was here in Buffalo. And so there's a lot of history local to here. And one of the museums in town has... Uh, P-39, hmm. or at least the fuselage part of it, that was built in Buffalo and then was flown. They were ferried to Russia across the U.S. westward and then up through Alaska and across the Bering Sea hmm. and then given to Russia there. Um, so it went that route, fought on the Eastern Front and was shot down or had a mechanical failure, I forget, but basically sat at the bottom of an Arctic Russian lake for 60 years. Hmm. And then they dug it up, and now it's on display at this museum. And it's not Neat. surrounded by velvet ropes. You can get right up next to it and touch it and touch look inside it, of it. Touch and, and feel it and caress it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Whisper sweet nothings uh, to it. Yeah, right. The patina of it, um, you can see traces of the Russian markings that were on there, but underneath that are the original U.S. markings that were on it for being wow. ferried. And yeah, It's really cool just to kind of look at this Some and good history. know the history behind it. Yeah. Mm. I, I, Any... Go ahead. Sorry, Fitz. No, go ahead. Anybody, I don't know. What was the what's the big difference between the Air Cobra and the King Cobra? Uh, refinements. Well, the King Cobra is what the P sixty three. Yeah, it's a little bigger. Yeah, isn't it? Did they change a the more fuselage? powerful engine, the laminar flow wing, some other odds and ends. I don't know how much was similar. They look the same, but I don't know how much of the actual airframe was interchangeable. Mm. So, yeah. I've got one nitpick. I just noticed. 
Only one? Yeah, just one little nitpick. Uh, and one of the pictures, it shows the tail quarter, just the, the tail empennage. And I see an antenna. And it looks suspiciously like a modern uh, comm antenna. Hmm. It's a little, I don't know if you see it on, if you look at the pictures, but there's an antenna that's got a, a bent in it. It goes up at sort of a, almost a 45 degree angle and it bends back. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure they didn't use those type of antennas in World War II. Uh, it looks like a modern comm antenna from aircraft. but <laughs> And it could be. Is this color scheme modeled after an airworthy Cobra now? That's, Air Cobra? I don't know, but I'm sus- I suspect they found a modern airworthy one that looks like this and copied it and didn't realize that they're copying a modern piece of equipment on it. Yeah. Well, it's no big deal. Who knows? Yeah, yeah that's... If that's the biggest scrape you have, I think they're doing okay. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm <laughs> I got a question hey, got ins- for yeah for Lee, the battery tray guy. <laughs> battery tray guy. <laughs> that's your new Yes, um, Mark. So if this will carry a, what, a 2200? Is that what they're recommending? And I believe you guys mentioned it'll go 2200 to maybe a 4S battery a 3s to a 4s would the tray yes. handle both or is it a different tray no the tray handles both uh most of the batteries nowadays that are go from 2200 to 3000 are just longer so the width should be okay i don't have an actual picture of the interior it's just a drawing a line art drawing so the battery tray does look you know big enough to accept okay. that okay all right let's uh i think we've beat that to death let's move on to the next uh item we have and that's uh, a company that's been on before i think terry has built some models from them the old school model works they produce laser cut rc kits so if you like to build them out of wood this is a great place to look at it and they have something called a robin hood 80 so it looks like they took the they scaled up the robin hood 25 and made it an 80 inch version uh it looks a lot like the curtis robin very heavily inspired by the Curvis Robin, and features interlocking laser-cut wood parts. And if you like them big, this thing is geared for a 20cc gas or equivalent electric, 1.2cc, not 1.2cc, 1.2, 1.5 cubic inch glow. And wherever you want to stick on a nose, I can fly it. I guess can fly it. Uh, so really nice woodwork on this. Um, one thing that stood out to me, a couple of things. One is uh, how. There isn't, it's not a detube wing, it's just a lot of open structure on the wing. And apparently you can build it with two different noses, a short nose or a long nose, depending on what kind of engine you're going to stick in it. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, they mentioned that in the description. Oh, cool. They said something about if you want to put a radial engine in it, you can build it with a short nose. Oh, that would be cool. Or a radial engine look or something. Uh, So, uh, Terry, since you built planes from these guys, what's your thoughts on that? Um, it's a good question. I'm not sure how much this model shares in common building technique wise with the other, just looking at the wing, it seems a little bit different. So I don't know if my previous experience with the Sky Ranger that they have is relevant here, but I can tell you that the Robin Hood has been around for a long time. It's kind of a, a classic RC model. And so as far as I know, this is the only laser cut variant of that that there is this 80 and then the 25. Mm. So I think for a lot of people who are interested in building a Robin hood, this is probably the, the easiest and best option for putting together a kit. 
And there were all sorts of variants throughout the years of the Robin Hood, big and small. I don't know if there have been others this size or not. I'm just not that uh, in tune with the history of it. But I, I don't know. This one looks pretty darn good. Did you watch the flight video? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. yeah, and this one seems to have more scale details than any of the other ones I've seen. Mm. It's more Curtis Robin-like than any of the others, Yeah, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's got that distinctive side window on it, and seems very nice uh, trainer-like plane to fly. So, Yeah, and, and you know, speaking of, I was talking before that Bell Aircraft was headquartered in Buffalo. Curtis Aircraft was headquartered here as well for the war years. So yeah. a lot of P-40s came out of here and also, you know, the Curtis Robin was built here at one time. So there's actually one not too far away at the Curtis Museum that I've seen. And oh, it's a, yeah, really cool to see. I've got some photos of it somewhere. But, uh, yeah, interesting airplane. Well, I have a Lee? comment. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Lee, yeah. let, me cut, let me cut you off. But no, by from a different... Oh, it's- we all we do it to him all the time. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, it's a right of passage. Well, in that case, <laughs> um, so I, I got to tell you from a uh, from a photography point of view, th- uh, these guys who do the site and the photographs are impressive. All their models, when you look at their pictures, you want to buy it. You want to build it. And one of the things you want to notice is there's always a shadow in their photographs as you go through and the shadow is giving you that dimension and i know i know this mm. is an rc show but you gotta you you have to admit when you go through and look at this i, I want to buy this i want to build this just looking at these pictures it, it's it's pretty pretty amazing that's you know, we certainly appreciate the artistic side of all that we've actually had a can we call him a professional RC airplane photographer? But a, a guy who's renowned for his RC photography. We've had him on the show before, and we were all uh, wide mouth trying to figure out how he does what he does. So okay. I think we certainly appreciate the the technique and the skill involved to produce these kinds of results. And having tried it myself, I know it's yeah, not easy. Yeah. And, and and before I turn it over to Lee, <laughs> um, hmm. so I, I notice, because I, I, I've never been to the site, I've never checked these guys out before, but, uh, you know, with the popularity of electric these days, uh, would you run into someone who's building this and then they're going to go electric? Oh, yeah? sure. Hmm. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Oh. Now, it gets costly, I think. At this scale, there are clear cost advantages of doing a gas setup over electric. I'm not quite so sure the distinction is so clear between nitro and gas at this scale, but, um, or excuse me, between nitro and electric. But yeah, I think there's certainly people who, either because their club doesn't allow them to run gas engines or whatever the case, that even at this scale, make a case for electrics. And it's all off-the-shelf stuff now, and it's not like you have to go figure out you know, how you're going to build a battery pack and gear a motor set up to do it. It's you just buy the stuff you need and. That's build it a on. good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think all three of us fly electric models these this size. Okay. Uh, I think you do, Terry, don't you? I know Lee and I have large size um, electric. Can't remember. I have. Do. I don't have any in my fleet currently, but yeah, I've certainly had 80-inch plus models. Yeah. So, but it's interesting you point out about the shadows. It's something 
I didn't notice consciously, not as you mentioned it, sort of a, almost a subconscious thing yeah. to add dimension to yeah. it. That's fascinating, actually. Yeah. It would be interesting if we contact um, the person who runs Old School Model Works. Is, his name is Mark Lanterman. And um, I've exchanged emails with him when I was building the, the Sky Ranger. Um, anyway, it would be funny if you mentioned this to him. He'd be like, oh, I'm always trying to get rid of those stupid shadows. <laughs> yeah, he's doing a poor job. <laughs> <laughs> Will y'all please shut up about the shadows? <laughs> oh, Lee's with us. That's right. <laughs> All right, your turn, Lee. Any thoughts? Uh, I like the plane. I'm, I like the 25 size. I think that's something I might uh, get my hands on. But uh, I just wanted to mention to Mark, this is for you, Mark, that when I was watching your movie, uh, I happened to enjoy the float fly. And there was a guy there with a big, big I mean, a really nice big Curtis Robin yes. fly. And it kind of looks like the one in this little advertisement here with that blue and red yeah. skin. Um Oh, I bet it is a Robin Hood. I have to go back to my raw footage. Oh. Who knows? I might have more on that. No, it was flying really good, so I wonder if they've had any inkling to add floats to this thing. Because that guy was, and it looked yeah. really neat. There were some scale ones, or full-scale ones that had floats. So Really? Yeah. Neat. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, just like that's something that maybe they need to consider is put this sucker on floats, because it looked really good yeah. in the video. Okay. You're, you're uh, welcome, well, Mark. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm stunned because I'm trying to figure out what movie you're talking about. <laughs> I think it's coming up on one of our topics. Maybe we'll, maybe it'll refresh your memory. Oh, okay. We'll All about. right, I'll wait. <laughs> now, I've got one of these. Um, I've talked about it before, but I bought from an online auction last year. It was an unknown pre-built fuselage, and then once I got it home, I figured out that it was some flavor of an old Robin Hood, either a kit or plans built. So it's just a fuselage that's built out of sticks. So I'll have to build a wing for it and some tail services, but at some point, I'll have a Robin Hood of my own. All right. So yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, real quick now, Lee. Now me. Lee. Me. In dun, five dun, dun. five minutes or less, what's going on with the FAA? Oh, I can't do it in five minutes or less. But <laughs> I... <laughs> Did we hook up his blood pressure monitor? <laughs> There's a video out on our Facebook page uh, about the latest from the FAA proposed rulemaking they came out with in February. Uh, the video will tell you all about it. Let's just say that they have some ideas that they want to consider to apply more rules to the uh, small UAS or, in fact, I think all UAS industry. So they're asking for people's comments uh, back by April 15th. So I would encourage you to do so. Uh, the links are there on the page, so go look for it. If you can't find it, just go to uh, the uh, AMA's website, and they'll have the information. Something that came across in the mail, I guess, yesterday or the day before from the FAA was that they are starting to do these lectures. I'm pulling it up on my website right now. Stand by, because i got my email up here. Do, do, do. Uh, it's called The Air Up There, and their live webinar series. Now, what I find unique about this, as far as it pertains to the proposed rulemaking, is that it doesn't say in big, bold letters that this is for Part 107. 
commercial these, users. These live webinar series, correct. And the proposed rulemaking doesn't say it's for Part 107. But when you read it and you look at it, you say, well, this must be for the commercial pilots. That's what I believe. But the problem is you can never fully believe what the FAA might have up their sleeve. So uh, I'll have a link for these uh, live webinar series. I actually tried to register just to see if I could follow along, but they were uh, sold out, sold out or just full. And they have some coming up in May, June, July and so forth. Uh, you know, some of the titles are uh, deconstructing notums. You know, how do they affect drone operations, where am I, how do I identify the airspace you are operating in, what is Class E airspace, um, again, stuff that really would apply to a commercial pilot. So we'll keep up with that just to find out if that's what their intentions are. Uh, but I mean, to me, the, the proposed rulemaking is very serious because some of these would be really awful for recreational pilots, but maybe not too bad for those who are flying over people on a commercial job. Uh, finally, I, I did get a, <laughs> I don't have a lot of insider information, but a friend of mine who's a pilot said he expects the FAA exams to be coming along shortly. Uh, so I don't know if he's knows someone who's currently working on the exams or if they're doing test runs, but uh, they're coming guys. I mean, I think we were given 180 days after the president signed the bill. So we're coming around that. Exams for hobbyists. Yes, exams for any registered FAA pilot. Because hmm. that's part of the, the new section 342, 392. Gosh, I don't have that on in front of me. But we're not rule 336 anymore. So whatever the new section is that applies to you know those darn drones, uh, there's going to be an exam requirement. So uh, we'll be on the lookout. And if we get anything, we'll, we'll let you know. And the AMA has asked people to please you know submit your comments for the proposed rulemaking that was announced and you know just keep abreast on what the FAA is coming out with and i don't know if you guys also had the recent message from the ama about a uh commercial insurance commercial whether it was oh, right. farmers was it farmers insurance i think so that had a situation where a drone crashed into someone's car and they just put us in a bad light so it appears that chad boudreau wrote the them a letter directly to say, you know, we have a much better safety record than that, so they would kindly, you know, not <laughs> run that commercial anymore. <laughs> See, they'll probably, they're they're probably going to step it up now, <laughs> and like twenty drones run into one car, right? Anyway, okay, that was it. How's that? Did I do five minutes or was it six? No, that was good. And I thought that you did a good job in the video of explaining the things that are you know, unnerving about the FAA proposal. And I agree with you that we have to look at that and assume that they're not singling out Part 107 commercial pilots and that we could potentially be bound to those same rules. Lee. So, um, I would yeah. encourage people to, to read that, watch your video, and then respond. On I the echo side. that remark. I'm going to be sharing out Lee's video. I thought it was done well. And for me to stay up at 1130 at night and I'm watching this video um, – that says a lot. That's a good, good job, Lee. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Yeah. I appreciate that. But it was very frustrating. Of course, that was like my 10th take because the first two were like 30 minutes long each. You know, <laughs> you had to patch up the holes in the kept, walls too, right? I had to keep bringing it down. I was like, that was a 20 minute. I got do it again. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was frustrated with the fact that, you know, we are having to fight this and, 
everybody knows I'm the, the FAA rant guy on our, our show. Uh, but I think we're all frustrated because we don't know where they're going to classify us. And I again, I think my biggest point with the whole video was the proposed rulemaking made everybody seem like they were a guilty party until they were to prove their drone was innocent. And that's just really difficult. And kind of touching on what we're going to talk about later with you, Mark, is that when I got to the section of your movie about the gliders, man, my heart just melted because that's how I got started. And I just love flying gliders. And just to, the idea that these kind of proposed rulemakings would affect people who love to find drones. Yeah. You know, people who take a, a plane and, and find lift and we're the ones who are going to tear down, you know, attack people and swoop down and, you know, yeah. buzz all the babies. <laughs> Big fast gliders, you know, scare people to death. You no, just like, I'm what looking it up. I'm on Google. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Can I say? <laughs> Anywho, but uh, anyway, that's that's my story. And we'll, uh, again, keep, keep updated and even find out if uh, the FAA prints something oh by the way in my video i said uh you know don't do the form letter you know don't be angry actually be legit about it because if you look at the site that they have they actually show comments from people who have left a message and right now it's not a lot so uh, if you're listening to this podcast please make a note to uh, find our link or find the fa link and leave a comment it could be very simple but the the proposed rule makings are are kind of dangerous to the hobby and when does the window close for comment? April 15th. Okay, so soon. <laughs> Text we can change. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, so look on our Facebook page. We have links there. And also Lee's video is on uh, the RC Roundtable YouTube. And so take a look there and uh, follow his instructions and show him, give him a piece of your mind. Tell him Lee sent you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, wouldn't it be great if we had some kind of hashtag Lee sent me? <laughs> yeah, hashtag Lee sent me. Oh, I love it. All right, well, so while you're hashtagging Lee and reading the uh, his watching his video, let's uh, take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so I, something popped up on, uh, I think it was my RC Club's Facebook page the other day, and it was a link or in reference to a documentary on RC models on Amazon, of all things, Amazon Prime. And since I have Amazon Prime, I said, well, that's interesting. Somebody made a documentary on RC models? I got to check this out. And after watching it, well, I started watching it. And the first thing I caught my eye was that it was filmed in Connecticut. And I thought, well, that's really interesting. So, so yeah, I found it fascinating that it was filmed in Connecticut because that is actually really close to home. In fact, Mark, that is home. I, I haven't told you before, but I actually grew up in Connecticut. Wow. So uh, that's, that's awesome. Where? Where in Connecticut? Um, I moved around a bit, but mainly uh, East Hartford and New Britain. Okay. So I'm from Central Connecticut. Um, I currently have a bunch of family there. In fact, my father lives in New Haven, which I understand is not too far from you. Uh, yeah. So that's so that, that caught my eye. There's several sections in the video where uh, I recognize the hobby store 
It's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and, uh, it's like, that looks Small like... world. Yeah, so I've been to those hobby stores. Uh, so, so not only was this a little slice of... Uh, nostalgia for me it was actually a really well done documentary on model airplanes and uh after watching it's like wow this is neat who is this guy and i did a little poking around and i said i contacted and i said hey you got to get in on it we really would love to have you on the show because this is something very unusual i don't think i've ever seen an rc documentary before and have it on a name brand so to speak streaming service it's just unprecedented so we we have with us Mr. Mark Thompson. Uh, he he made he created the director and I guess creator of the documentary called RC Propbusters Untold. And Mark, uh, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you here. I'm flattered. <laughs> that was quite an introduction, but I'm I'm really even more honored that here we are on a on the internet. And you found a video, a documentary that took place in your home state, where, or at least where you, uh, where you emerged from, yeah. <laughs> and you recognize people and places. That blows me away. And I, I will be telling that story this weekend when I get together with family. So <laughs> that's yes. awesome. Yeah, small world, huh? It's just it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, so... Tell us a little about the genesis of this project. Well, I'm fairly new in RC. Um, if we go by the RC clock, right? <laughs> um, I, I got in right around 2012, 2013. And it's one of those things you, you know, it's on your bucket list. It's on my bucket list. I got to do this. There's nothing stopping me. There's, you know, my wife and I are empty nesters and, uh, every two years, I try to find some new adventure, something new to do. And RC has been in, been with me since I was a teen. Both my brother and I built the the typical, the, the plastic models, Revell and all of that stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and my mom would take us to a local RC show that would show up at the uh, county center in Westchester, New York, where Oh, where the Ram from. Show. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Where, where it all started. Yeah. Um, actually, Fitz, I lived two miles from there. Oh, nice. Yes. We lived two miles from there, my brother and I, and, and with our parents. So we would go down, um, and it was awesome, but we didn't have the money um, to go buy that stuff. But putting that aside, uh, here I am. I joined this club, and, uh, you know, I got to tell you uh, th that I went – they told me to show up at the meeting, and in the movie you see a gentleman wearing a red shirt. His name is Bernie, the one who loves to build. Um, he made the comment, and Bernie had me show up at this meeting. And i got to tell you, um, that night I showed up at this meeting. I was like, oh, heck, this is an RC club? This is boring. They're talking business. What the heck? And they vote me in or whatever. I'm like, oh, geez, I'm not sure about this. I just want to fly and have fun. <laughs> so that was my inside voice, you know? <laughs> I showed up. Now that I'm in the club, I showed up a few days later at the field. And everyone that I saw that was, had this glum, gloomy face the week before at the meeting, there were a different bunch of guys, the same people, but the attitude. So I fell in love with the club, fell in love with the people. And 
I, it's the community that I, I dove in. And so let's jump a few, uh, a few years ahead. I've, I like technology. So RC brought me in, and I see the advancements that was made with RC and the electrics and all of that stuff. So I'm going to always be around tech. Number two, I love the video. I love video production and all of that stuff. And I would show up at the field with a, always had a camera. And one night at, at the meeting, I asked these guys, I say, hey, look, uh, we came to the topic of new business. And I said, gentlemen, I would love your help. I'd like to do a little project. I'm not quite sure how it's going to go, but I'm going to hit a few of you guys up and ask you some questions on camera. And if you guys don't mind, I may put this out on the Internet. And everyone in that room, I'm talking, we had over 20 people on average that shows up at our meetings, you know. And everyone in that room was so gracious. And that brought me in even more. But here's the thing, Fitz. At this point, now that everyone is looking at me to do this, to do something, now I have to put the effort, I have to put the quality. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and that, that's pretty much how it started. It, it took two years. It really did. Now, so, have you done documentary work before? I have not done documentary. That was my first documentary, and I've um, I've done music videos. I've done, you know, I have a, a friend who's an author, uh, Joe McGee, and we've done some tr book trailers. Every time he's releasing a book on Amazon or something, then we'll do a trailer for the book. So we've done that, and and then there's and we've done a couple of commercials for uh, you know restaurants, food type commercials, but the documentary stuff, uh, it's hard work. My gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. sure. It took some editing and then yeah, composition. So, so you have a history in filmmaking, at least. Um. I, yeah. I go. Let's put it this way. I'm not an expert. Uh, you know, where I'm, I'm not a Hollywood guy. I'm just somebody who loves film as much as he loves RC. There, there are about eight or nine hobbies that I have, and I love each one of them. Um, and RC ranks right up there with video. Why not combine the two and meet some honest people who are not actors, ask them some questions, travel through some, you know, through New England, get some different backgrounds, and hear what they have to say. And I loved it. The more I, I did this, my, my son helped me a lot. My daughter helped keep me on track uh, with, with the script. And, and that's one of the things, too, guys, that I had to realize is you could say you're going to do a documentary, but if you don't have a direction, you've got to write. You have to write. Mm. Yeah, so... Yeah. So, so did you have a, an outline or a, a sort of a script or some sort of, uh, what do they call it in filmmaking, where they have sort of a... Uh, storyboard? Storyboard, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of, yeah, before you started. Well, the, yeah, so check this out. I always took photographs. I have thousands of photographs from, from, the, from the club, or if I go to a particular uh, swap meet or an event at a club, I always have these photographs. So what I did... Speaking of the storyboard, I created a couple of folders, several folders on the, uh, one of my computers, and I gave the folders some topic names, and I found photographs that would fit the topic. 
that's how I did my storyboard. That's my hidden secret there. So, yeah, the, oh, yeah, the photographs are there. I mean, you know, all three of you take photographs, and all three of you have a story to tell. And that you're going to come up with a story, assemble the photographs, and then I get the video to match my story. That's my storyboard. Yeah. So, so, so did you have an overarching narrative in okay. mind when you started this? You know, that, great question. And I, I'm so glad you asked because it's messaging. It's getting the message out. In, in the several years now that I've been in, in this uh, genre, so to speak, I, I've seen and hear the, some negatives. I've heard some positives, mostly positive. But it makes me wonder certain things. Like, I had a gentleman, he was 22 years old, I was giving him a ride to the airport, we got to talking, and he's never been inside of a hobby store. He, he said, a hobby store? Oh, Mark, you mean like a hobby lobby? Arts and crafts? And I go, no. I had to explain to him what a hobby store is. But he's not the first, he's not unique. It's, the industry is changing. I don't want to be negative and say it's dying. I'm not. We've got some guys like you, um, the three of you and others in the club I'm part of who are doing their part. But here's the thing. What you don't see are the young folks. and You don't see the women. You don't see a lot of folks who are pulling away from the phone that's doing this. So I said, you know, I bet I, you can't blame them. You can't blame young people for always being on their phone or their tablet. We gave them that. We created that world. All right? So, um, and I'm trying not to rant here, guys, but, but he, he, I'm trying to show you the progression. So what can we do about it? Well, here's the thing. It would be kind of cool that if someone was at a library or if someone was on a plane, they're traveling, they're going to spring break or wherever, I don't care your age, but if you saw something that says, oh, that's what an RC club is. Oh, you mean it's not just drones that are flying around out there? Oh, so it's not negative where people are spying on people. It's not just <laughs> crashing into a, a car, you know? Or buzzing babies. Exactly. You mean these people are pretty cool. These guys are always having a smile on their face. These guys love what they do. These guys like to build. They like to share their enthusiasm. And, wow, they actually land on water? This, all these <laughs> things that the four of us take for granted that we know the rest of the world doesn't know. So I am saying, let me do my part, and I'm going to put something together and write a chapter, break them up into chapters that will then let the world see, oh, Here's something. They talk about gliders. Oh, my gosh. I've never seen a glider before. You guys have any idea how many times people came to me and tell me that? They've never seen a glider. Are you telling me those planes don't have motors up there? You mean they actually told them? Anyway, that's how it started, guys. This, is, this was a personal project. It was deep in my heart. I say, I'm going to give something back to the community, and I'm going to do it also to thank my mom for taking my brother and I to the store, even when she had no money, and always taking us to a hobby store and hanging out with her two boys. 
that was that that's what's behind this yeah that's fantastic and i can sort of uh sympathize with that because i had similar things uh when i was a kid too well my parents and maybe lee and terry mm-hmm. you know. i know lee definitely his father was uh, lee you can tell him <laughs> Oh, my dad was way into the hobby, so he, he actually wanted to buy a hobby store. Wow. And I would have loved every minute of it. <laughs> and I would have flown all the profits. <laughs> well, Mark, one question yeah. I had to ask, or I, I wanted to ask you, was, uh, you know, watching this video, um, you know, I wanted to know what your intentions were. But you do bring up a section about the FAA, and, and you show several headlines that are really scary. Did did any of this also come about maybe after you attended one of the club meetings and you heard the guys talking about how we're getting hammered? Uh, well, hammered and, and put in a bad light. Did, did yes. Was there a percentage of the video that was made because you wanted to defend the hobby against yeah, that? Yes, absolutely. Um, I wanted to do that. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was like, wait a minute. I just got started. And you're, you're telling me that this thing is a bad thing? You're telling me what we do, what we build, when we talk to people, when we fly, when we meet on a Saturday, when we get thousands of people get together in middle America and, and, and to, have, to commune with each other? You're telling me that this is a bad thing? And that's the picture you're painting? No, I, I was upset. I'm, if you ask the guys in my club, they've never seen me upset. They don't hear me, but I'm sitting here quietly shaking my head. This is outrageous. And so, yes, and it was, I, I did this in the movie in a way where it wasn't too preachy. I wanted to let people know, hey, guys, there's stuff going on out there. Please be aware and please do the right thing. Be aware, do the right thing, and fight for the good, fight the good fight. And that, that was where I was going with that little section. Yeah. See, I, I want to just tag yeah. in here is that when I saw your video, it reminded me of a very old uh, video that the AMA actually put out. And I'm not sure who was the AMA or, or, or they were affiliated with it, but it was like a 1960s or, you know, film is in black and white talking about model aviation and and after you watch it it's it's hilarious to watch today but you you still look at the same people you know the the people in this video are the ones who are 70 80 now but you're looking at it going you know this is what we have to show the faa those who are making decisions who have never been to a flying field or have never owned a model airplane and i just i said to myself after watching your movie it's like i want to take these two movies and just send it to them and say everybody needs to watch this before you make any other proposed rulemaking yeah yeah <laughs> you know do me a favor it's actually it's a very well made uh, movie about the fun of, of the thank hobby. you thank you um i appreciate that now mark um what what would you say was the most difficult part of making this uh film um i'll put the scheduling aside scheduling was tough okay and you heard me uh you know i did the voiceover and my friend scott who does voiceovers he was not available to help me on this one but i you know when i did the voiceover i made the comment a couple of comments about scheduling with some of these guys knowledgeable people people like you folks who've been in for a long time and it's like you have to respect that they're doing something They've got their lives, and if they don't meet with me until two months down the road, then be patient. The fact that they say they'll talk to you, that's a plus. The fact that they're not going to run away from a camera 
and an audio, that's a plus. <laughs> so chill out, Mark, and wait. Wait for Lenny. You know, I'm calling him out. I hope he hears this one day. But wait for Lenny because he'll be worth it. And, and it was. Lenny and, and the Glider guys, man, it's, it's amazing what they've done. So that was, that was difficult. Um, the, the next uh, difficult part actually is the post-production, okay? As um, you guys know, and I suspect Fitz and uh, Terry know, working in post, cleaning up, and, and maintain that storyline, yeah. you know? Maintain, oh, yeah. That was time-consuming. Oh, my goodness. But, my gosh, yeah, it's, it was self-funded. I had help, again, from my daughter, my son, um, and uh, a buddy of mine, Bill Kelly, and, you know, it, it, they were all there for me when I needed them. It was awesome. What kind of video equipment did you use? There, there are clips in there, and now you guys are going to go back and watch again, right? But I'm going to tell you this. There are clips that I've gathered from different people. For example, one of the clubs, uh, the East Coast Swamp Flyers, they said, yeah, Mark, you can get, you can use our video from, from one of our gliders, okay? You can use our cam, uh, you know, and one of the warbirds that were flying and, and doing their thing. And so they got me clips from there. I got clips from iPhone, from iPhone 6. I've got clips really? from Android. I've got um, a majority of the, the, the higher quality clips is from um, both my son and I are Canon lovers, and my daughter is a Nikon lover. Um, I think we're working on her, but, <laughs> but the, um, <laughs> we, we have that same rivalry here between Lee and Terry. <laughs> Cannon. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're, we, uh, we didn't use a full frame camera, but we used some quality lenses. We uh, invested in some lenses and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, we're, most of it is Canon, you know, and then I'd say maybe 20, 30% of it, I'm getting it from some someone's iPhone or a, a mounted camera, and I, I try to be consistent in certain fashions. So, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, one of the first things that popped up in my mind is just how did you get in with Amazon Prime to produce this video or distribute it? I guess is technically. Um, when I started this. The plan was to put it on YouTube, okay? And I've done all different types of trailers on this, some good, some bad, but I would always, whenever I put a bad trailer out there for this, I never removed it. So you might find an old or early trailer, and I just, that's just me. Yeah. I just, let me get it out there, get people interested. But it was going to be on YouTube. And, and then uh, oh. uh, Vimeo, that's the plan. Put it, make it, and give it to the community. How, however, yeah. something happened along the way to a friend of mine. I, I mentioned Joe. <laughs> I mentioned Joe, who, who's an author and filmmaker. He's a director as well. And Joe created some work, and he put it on YouTube, and he had to fight the fight, copyright infringement. His work was being posted or reposted and reshared as someone else. Someone oh, else created oh. it, and he had to fight this. 
Okay? So, now this is getting back, um, uh, Lee, you'd be interested in what I'm about to say on this. This is getting back to getting the messaging. What I didn't want is for someone to just take the YouTube video, cut it up in different pieces, and just put it all over the Internet. I, I, it's, it's not about money. That's not it. We're, we, we, we're not making money here. Okay? We did it for the love of the community and for the hobby. So, but then the messaging is off if we, if we let people grab it and do whatever they want with it right now. So what we're planning is uh, maybe January of next year, then we'll open it up to YouTube. You see, at that time, guys, what I plan is when I put this on YouTube, I have a director's cut. You see? And that director's cut is going to be on Amazon. And then this version will be on YouTube. Yeah. Ah, so okay. now. I was going to ask you if he had some good stuff on the cutting oh, floor. You know that. The unrated nice. version. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> With explosions and fire trucks. And, uh, <laughs> it's in slow motion. Slow motion. Special direction by Michael Bay. <laughs> well, I had to cut it down to, again, about 60, 63 minutes. That's how long it is. And yeah. here, the, there's a good 30 minutes that's not in this movie. And there are things, you guys, there's some workshops you haven't seen, you know. There's some uh, mm -hmm. other interviews that you haven't seen, a couple of others. Um, you know, yeah. uh, how did this guy get into helicopters? You know, what's going on with Joey, you know. A anyway, there, yeah. there are things that are not there, and I plan to put them back in and have a... Yeah, what... One of the first things I, I thought of too was um, Joe from the the Build Right Fly Right yeah. Hobby Store. Uh, my few interactions with him, he can be pretty opinionated. So I imagine he had some good stuff to say that may not have made it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you just put him on the spot. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. Thank you. you. That. Yeah. <laughs> just make a slurping sound like you're drinking coffee. I'm sorry, Vince. I missed what you said there. Uh, but, so for now, it's on Amazon yeah. Prime. And it, if you have Amazon Prime, it's free to watch. And we'll put up a link for that. But for someone who doesn't have Amazon Prime, is there a way for them to see the movie? Um, well, what I tell people, and even a few of the guys in the club, is find a family member who has Amazon Prime. Let them log you in. Watch the movie. Um, or what? I think it might be two bucks. Download it from Amazon. And and you're good. Oh, it's, okay. Yeah, it, you know. But um, yeah, I think it's like two ninety nine, something like that. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Have you gotten much for feedback on on the, since it's been uh, released? So I had two wonderful feedbacks. Well, <laughs> I had more feedbacks, but I'm, there's two that come to mind. Um, January 26, we had a public viewing in Colchester, Connecticut, and it was packed. It was packed. I was honored. Wow. Okay? They came out. It was the only time it was going to be viewed in the public. Great. That's fine. And at that public viewing, people are filtering out. We're high-fiving. We're shaking hands and all of that stuff, taking pictures. A gentleman came up, and he says, Mark, um, you guys might know my son. He, we... we his name is Jay. He joined a club at maybe 14 or so. Hey, you're his father. Yes. 
just wanted to let you know this community, this hobby has done so much for him. Jay has graduated uh, Emery Riddle. He's got a career. He's doing awesome. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do you want to tell him Terry or should I? No, go ahead. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Emory Riddle because both Terry and I are alumni of Emory Riddle. We went to the same <sighs> campus. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. You know, I mean, here's a guy. He it's not like he was on the street, but he was kept off the street. He yeah. he came in as a teen, and the club supported him, and you know, and, and his his parents supported him, and he he's just an awesome guy to be around. This fella, he I guess he lives in Florida right now still but he, you know that so that was one but going back to a uh i'm in on, on the 27th of january um after the public viewing i went to kansas and i w was doing a four-week stint uh for a particular airline company down there and uh i i do security i, I i've been doing a lot of security classes for it Okay, I've been doing so. I'm at this particular airline manufacturer, and uh, and I'll give you guys a hint. I was in the last week I was there. I was in the uh, hangar where the original B29 was finally assembled. They've got the plaque on the wall and all of this stuff. The original cool. B-29, it's all there. And, of course, no one is, we're not allowed to take pictures. Employees cannot use pictures anywhere. Anyway, so putting that aside, so while I'm there, a gentleman came to my classroom, and he says, oh, are you Mark Thompson? I said, yeah. And he says, yeah, hey, I just watched your movie last night on Amazon. I was like, what? I, I live in Connecticut, and this thing is on Amazon, and you're telling me you found me? He says, yeah, I've been looking for you for the past 30 minutes, trying to ask people, because I thought you were an employee. They find out I'm a contractor. Hey, he found me, and he loved it. He loved it. And, of course, the number one favorite section in the movie is gliders. It, that bothers me, guys, because I keep thinking <laughs> it's the water. It's going to be the water scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, th th some really, some good compliments. Uh, the, the idea was one person said, Mark, thanks for breaking it down. I appreciate that. You know, that was it. The breaking it down. And that's what we want to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I think for a lot of people who aren't familiar with what we do, it's all, it's overwhelming to understand it all. So yeah. to... Yeah, to to break it apart and put it in bite-sized chunks really helps, I think. Yeah, yeah. There. Now, what I did, I, a little tip here, guys, and if anyone's here listening, this and listening and they're going to watch the movie, I put some Easter eggs, and the Easter eggs are in the titles for the chapters. Okay? Yeah. So, for example, the the scene that opens up. I'm not going to give it away. But if you guys want to guess, it's fine. The scene that opens up, and they talk about, and they show the planes landing and taking off on the water, right? The title of that scene alone, okay, it's called Smoke on the Water. <laughs> and you don't know what's coming, but it's just a title, all right? Um, that's fine. Something comes to mind, great. You, you, I'm sure you'll figure it out. And, and there was one other scene, uh, another hint, 
uh, it had to do with the cornfield. Okay, so the title when that opened up, um, uh, what was this? Uh, I think I had a question. I posted in a question, and it said, "Is this heaven?" <laughs> okay, and that's okay. from a particular movie. Right. Yeah. Can I say it? I know the answer. Can I say it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they take baseball movies for a thousand. Because I also like the one. I also like the one where you titled the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Now the the final one. I'm going to give this away. Okay. I'll give the last chapter away. And I believe what was it? Heck, I made it, and it was in honor of my wife. Um, uh, a summer, a summer place. The last chapter where we were wrapping things up. The title is called mm-hmm. "Summer Place." Well, it's a movie. When I met my wife, she loved black and white movies. Her name is Sandra. Okay, my wife's name is Sandra, and the star of that movie, that particular movie called "A Summer Place," it was Sandra D. That's her. That's the actress. Huh. So, so I put that in there. "Summer Place." That was the last chapter uh sort of yeah. homage to your wife yeah yeah interesting yeah uh, so. now one of the things i noticed is uh, i presume many much of the footage except for maybe the, the seaplane stuff was filmed at your club from what i understand or at least i interpreted mm-hmm. and <clears throat> it seems like you have a really well-rounded club where they were flying uh all sorts of sport planes helicopters and Gliders, yeah. not just gliders, but towing the gliders with aircraft. It's yeah. really large gliders. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, ducted fans, and so it, it seems like that's a really well, I don't know how big your club is, but it seems like a, a great club for to, to experience a variety of aircraft models. Well, I, I got to tell you this. I promised my club members that I wouldn't say anything nice about them. I did. <laughs> I, I told them. I told them I wouldn't say anything nice on the interview. Well, I'm going to break my promise. The <laughs> club fits, as far as um, the analogy of being well-rounded and so on, w- w- with the various aspects of RC, yes, but that is because we have a well-rounded community, and we encourage, we don't discourage. So we've had people from other clubs come there. I mean, it, it sounds like a typical story. However, there are people that come here and they come with different backgrounds and you don't have the clicks that say, oh, he's electric, oh, he's gas, or, or, you know, or these group of people just hang out by themselves and so on. Okay? You always have a click, but can the click come together to make one community? I will tell you, our club does that. And we're very proud of that. One of the things I had to do, though, Fitz, when you, you speak about the filming, one of the things I had to do was to, um, that I, that's on the cutting room floor is how centric it was to the club, various stories and so forth. I had to cut some of that out because I decided that we're going to reach to a broader audience. It's not just club members. Whatever stories is in there, it, it had to be meaningful to, to the world, to, to RC community. It's not just about this club in Salem, Connecticut. Hmm. So there's a lot of edits that we took out. 
there's some things that are in there that you know, you've heard. You know, oh, it's the best field in the world and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, yes, we have two fields. One will do the drones and the copters and so forth. And then we've got the, the main field that's surrounded by corn. And I've got to tell you, it, it's, it's no joke. When I showed you the pictures of the corn and you saw the opening, um, guys, <laughs> um, Terry, if you were there when this film, when the guys were watching this movie for the first time, the minute the, the movie opened up and you see the corn that's blurred, you should have heard these guys laugh because it is the children of the corn. <laughs> Things happen in the corn. And they saw that. They had such a riot. They loved it. So It's like Voldemort. You don't talk about the corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, pretty well-rounded group of people uh, fits, and that's why you see so many aspects of the community there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's all. That's what it's all about. It's yeah. sort of a. I've heard it referred to as the, the brotherhood of modelers, so to speak. Yeah. It's really yeah. is a community. These are we're we're all drawn together by a common interest, but I think it goes beyond that, and that is sort of a kindred spirit. Yes. Uh, and yeah, in fact, one of the guys you interviewed. Uh, we were in his workshop, and one thing he said was interesting. He says, there are no secrets. I want to tell you everything. I want you to learn from what yeah. I know. And I thought that was pretty profound when he said that because a lot of other uh, hobbies and, and interests, that's you know, to get yeah. pretty uh, defensive on what you know and what you're willing to share with other people. Uh, yeah. And this one is, and I've seen that. I, all three of us are like that, and other people are willing to share their knowledge to help somebody out at the field and building in all kinds of in all aspects of the hobby and then and, and it's good to see that you know it's not just us you know it's part of the brotherhood so to speak and right brotherhood of course includes any females as well sisterhood yeah. uh i'm using the genderless pejorative but anyways uh uh so tell us about yourself though you said you're you haven't been modeling all that long what 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 kind what aspects of the hobby do you like yourself what really gets your blood all um, hot and bothered? You know, there are days um, that I will, it could be 9 o'clock in the morning, I'll get up and I'll take, I, I've got maybe five, no, I have six six planes. They're all, all foam, E-flights. You know, I've got the Sport Cub S2. I've got an Apprentice, the famous Apprentice S. <laughs> um, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I have an Icon A5, the full size, that I've never flown, oh. um, and uh, a T28, and uh, I... Soon to be a P39. I, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. And so I'll, I'll pile them in the car, and I'll go there, and i I got to tell you, it's, it's just being around... It, you, you, you know, you're getting rid of stress. You go out there, the weather's beautiful, it's quiet, and then suddenly you've got a whole bunch of guys that are there for the same reason. Have a good time, have some camaraderie, you know. That's what I like. That's what I enjoy the most. And I'm always willing to learn. When they signed me off, when I got my card signed to say, hey, I can now fly by myself, you know, um, it was an exciting day. It felt like... I just got my driver's license. 
you know? Right. And you have a gentleman, Tom Vernon, in this particular club who, you know, he's a mentor. He's that... He's got that radio voice. I always tease him. And he was in the movie. He talked about the children of the corn. You know, um, <laughs> Tom is the one that's here deficient. You've seen him in the movie there. <laughs> and uh, so, but he, he's that guy. And one day I realized, I said to the guys in the club, I said, you guys ever notice every photograph and every video has Tom Vernon in it? And they, they notice. And here's why. Right. You have people who love to share, and that's Tom. And Tom is going to be there to guide you and help you and give you some advice without insulting you, you know. And so I love it there because of Tom. I focus, one of the things I love, guys, is watch, doing that scale flying. I love that little smooth landing. I try to just make it do that right on point landing, you know. I want it to be beautiful, the approach. I want everything to per be perfect. That's one of the things I love doing when I go out there. You know, and I could always do better, and there's always guys that's there to help me do better. So that's what I love, but that's what I that's what I do. Uh, because I'm a consultant, you know, we have our own business, IT consultant. You know, I travel a lot. So I've been to a lot of the states, plenty of places. But when I'm home, I'm home for weeks at a time, and I play hard. I work hard. I play hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, so, do you think you might have any future project, video projects with uh, involving models? Well, here's—I went to the hobby store the other day, about maybe two weeks ago, and I went to drop off a gift for for, for one of the guys who we interviewed, um, and uh, while I was there. A bunch of guys came in. It was middle of the day, and I was like, wow, look at this. It, it, it's like a McDonald's or a Dunkin' Donuts, right, here on the East Coast, you know, Dunkin' Donuts. And, yeah. and people are yeah, yeah. hanging out having – It's a watering hole. Yeah, water – thank you, thank you. It's a watering hole. And one of the guys asked me, he said, oh, so the movie, you got any cars in the movie? And I go, no. So this conversation started up, guys. And I really did not realize how popular RC cars are. Oh, yeah. I, I really did not know. And we got to talk about other things, plenty of things that's not in the movie. So we didn't focus on copters, drones. There are a lot of things that we, didn't, we couldn't fit in, all right? But I'd love to get, because I heard that they have scale dragsters, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw them recently at an anime show. Uh, it's some pretty impressive work on these things. I'm thinking 2020, there's going to be another uh, documentary. I am a little torn how I'm going to do it, but what I want to do is something broad. It's going to involve travel, it is going to be for the community. It is going to um, have different segments that is going to take place in different states, okay, outside mm -hmm. of New England. That's my plan. I want to do that. So, um, and there will be a broader view, a broader view of RC. 
and we're going to get what I'm doing right now. I'm working on making more contacts, such as you guys, you know, and get the community. Here's the thing. It's not enough to get my son and a couple of friends involved because in my family, I'm the only guy in RC. What I want to do is get the RC community involved in a bigger production, something more robust, but stay true to the cause. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds intriguing. Yeah. So we'll work, we'll, work it, we'll work it out. We'll come up with something, but 2020 will be another one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I can speak for all of us that we'd love to help out in any way we could on such a yeah. project. Well, for example, well, this, for example, this format. Okay, so it's this format. There are people that n don't know. They, they watch a YouTube video, but they don't know that they're a podcast. They don't know. They don't know that. Yeah, on your way into work this morning, you could have listened to RC Roundtable, you know, um, while you're in traffic. So, whatever. There are people who are listening to books, and they hate that one particular book on tape, the Audible right now. Not saying it's a bad thing, but oh man, I don't want to listen to this. I don't like this book. Oh heck, RC Roundtable. There is. That's something that's part of the community. Well, there you go. Spread the word. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll scratch your back, you scratch ours. <laughs> we've, already, we've already shared your league. You go tell those club members that you were on a podcast. <laughs> Time for some good old-fashioned guilt shaming. Hey, guys, let me ask you a question. Did any of you go to the very end of the comment about the voiceover on the AMA? Did you watch that? It's after the credits. Oh, I didn't go. No. Okay. Oh, I, missed it. I saw where you had a tribute to Fred Meyer, but I didn't yeah. go past that. Yeah. Okay. Go Go ahead. It's only another 30 seconds of some credits, but go go ahead. And that, when you listen or watch that, the goal there is, guys, what is the AMA? <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are people that it's just three letters. So I'm, it's not like I'm sitting here trying to promote them. I'm trying to clarify certain things. I'm trying to clear the smoke, clear the smoke. And that's what we do. So there's a, about a 38 second ad, if you want to call it that. Okay. Go back and watch it and you, you'll see. That's what I want to do. Will do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, Mark, uh, it's, it's been uh, fantastic having you on. Uh, this very insightful, uh, information on filmmaking and, and I guess the community of RC modelers. It's a, um, I really like your, your aspect and take on this, uh, industry and on, on uh, I guess this, uh, this very cathartic hobby, <laughs> I guess the best yeah. way to put it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Mark, yeah. do you have, do you have websites or, or YouTube channels that we could, you can mention for our, our listeners? What I, the best way to keep up with, me and it's not because I don't have an, a, a channel just for RC. There is uh, I would just keep follow follow my company on Facebook, Random Film Studio. Three letters, okay? Random Film okay. Studio, and it's about again productions and stuff like that and all and mm. and you can keep up and. Uh, we have um, an Instagram page that is fairly new, and we're, you know, every time I have the opportunity to put an ad or put a clip for RC, we're, we're doing that as well. So you can find Random Film Studio. Make sure it's plural. There's no S. 
really, random film studio. And, uh, yeah, um, you guys can, people can track me down the same way Fitz did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm part detective. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Terry, you got any last thoughts? Well, yeah, I wanted to add one more thing. I think that even the most compelling story about RC and the people behind it and what we do would fall flat on its face if you didn't have really good aerial footage of the models flying. And I think you did a superb job of getting crisp, tight, focused footage of the models for your movie. And wow. So I, knowing how difficult that is, I appreciate the effort behind it. Thank you. And uh, I appreciate the, the compliment, and I appreciate the guys who helped me with that as well. That was awesome. Um, you know, I'm always hesitant to, to go to someone and say, hey, look, is there a way I can get some footage up there and so on? And I got to tell you, it doesn't matter. I reached out to other clubs and they were like, yes, Mark, no problem. I need this to make a point. And so, yes, that is, that's the stuff that keeps me going. Yeah. So thank you for recognizing that. Well, thank you for providing that. Cool. Cool. And I wanted to say that I, I had to pause the the show to write something down, but you had uh, one of the uh, pilots you were interviewing, and I don't remember his name, but he said something to me, and I was like, yes. And he said, this is all I want to do until I die. I was like, if that's not the definition of an RC lifer, I don't know what is. And I was like, that's the exact takeaway I feel about the hobby. So kudos to that, gentlemen. Yes, Bernie Liskoff. Bernie got me in the club. And... And uh, really, I had to go shake his hands on camera when he was done, you know, that final interview with Bernie, because, you know, he he was the man. I looked up to him a lot. And he lives in, he, I guess, he goes between Connecticut and Arizona. So he's in Arizona out there in the hot sun and right now melting. So, but yeah, yeah, you're right. It was awesome. Yeah. And I liked his little hobby shop. I mean, it's like th- that's the kind of hobby shop I think most most of the average hobbyists, you know, yep. have. He said he was talking about having one upstairs, and he had a build room, and you know, just you know, and I just liked looking at some of these hobby rooms. And you know, someday I might get interviewed and get to show off mine. Uh, but it's you know, I I really felt like I could agree with him 100. Yeah. percent He looked like the kind of guy who just true passion of this hobby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you showed some great workshops, like the, whether it was in the basement or in one guy, it looked like his, uh, he had a, a refinished attic. Uh, still, it was some really nice stuff. And, uh, yeah. It was great that you were able to show that, to show the passion and the, yep. the great workshops that these guys have. Yeah. You, if you ever get down to Houston, come interview me and Fitz. I, 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 I will come down and visit you guys, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. We'll, uh, certainly show you around. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, let's. Uh, I think we used up enough of your time. I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us about this. And uh, I hope our listeners found it just as insightful and entertaining as we did. Thank and, you. Uh, I hope I didn't ramble on too much. No, no, no. It was just fine. Uh, we'll just reiterate that we'll post links to your various social media sites uh, when this episode goes live on our website so people can poke around and see your work. And of course, if you haven't seen already, go watch the RC Propusters Untold on the Amazon Prime or any Prime members. If you don't have Prime, go beg, plead, or find somebody who does. Give it a shot. It's It's... Not terribly long. This is not a five-hour uh, Lord of the Rings type of thing. This is 
but uh, you'll enjoy every minute of it. As we mentioned, it's got some fantastic camera work, a great narrative, and just, just a whole lot of fun and a lot of airplane geekiness. So, <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, if you haven't taken a chance, I know it's gotten a lot of uh, play on uh, the Facebooks, lots of hits. We posted it to uh, several different sections uh, and my Facebook uh, sphere of influence, and everybody's gave it a good thumbs up and, and shared it. Uh, something I think is a long time overdue thank you so mark thanks for all your hard work and uh be uh, i guess before we go you got any last words no i i well yeah the the last words is awareness i i would say awareness again videos like what lee made explaining the faa uh rules and so forth um i i truly my final words this has been bugging me but i i want to thank you for just giving me a minute on this um, members in the community are the best fighters, meaning it's not enough to see something really meaningful in the RC community and just share it to the RC community. It's okay to say, hey, to your neighbor, hey, we have an event happening at our club. You know, you ought to come visit. I don't believe enough members in, within RC is going outside of RC to promote their piece, to promote it. I think that would be so helpful, okay? That's what I'm saying. Uh, get your neighbors. Talk RC. It's okay. There's nothing to be shy about. You love it? Then if you have family, friends, they will understand that you love something, and they'll pay attention to it and get the word out. So we're the ones that can keep it going. So, Yeah. That's a great point, and I don't see anything wrong with that as that thinking. So yeah. uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think we, we probably should do a better job ourselves of getting the word out and getting people involved, the layman, so to speak, that yeah. doesn't know anything about the hobby. Like you said, a kid that never been to a hobby store, that's uh, – I'm still – so Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I was like, how could that be? We're just go pick up a random kid, Fitz, and drag him to the hobby store. Yeah, really. I think I'm just going with me, kid. I think I'm going to drive <laughs> around the neighborhood, just grab random kids, and throw them into right. the hobby store. No, no. no. <laughs> oh, well, wait, no, I guess that's not a good idea. Wait, that's wrong. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. I like what I, I think. I, I think it was Lee. Uh, no, um, Terry said it. Uh, yeah, I think you just said it, Terry. We're all missionaries. Uh, right, or should, should be. be. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good. <laughs> All right All then. Right. Well, once again, thanks, Mark. Thank you, John. Uh, thanks for your hard work again, and uh, hopefully, we'll have you on another time. Uh, we'll look forward to your next uh, video production. Thank you, thank uh, you, guys, and uh, hope everyone have a good day. And uh, thank you for having me on board. Yeah, no problem. All right, take care. All right, take care now. Bye bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.